This is Saturday Skate on Sports Radio WEEI. Talking Bruins and the NHL with Ken Laird from the Kirk and Callahan Show. Old time hockey, like it is sure. Bruins writer Rear Admiral from Barstool Sports. Bunch of criminals. We ought to be in jail. That's all there is to it. Featuring contributions from WEEI.com Bruins writer Ty Anderson, former Bruin and WAAF personality Lyndon Byers, and nine-year NHL veteran Ryan Whitney. Whitney has tied Sneaks in from the point. Saturday Skate is brought to you by AT&T and Star Market. Eat this win, you know, we got a lot of losses. For yeah, we got a lot of losses. him up for some beast talk right now on Sports Radio WEEI. Well, you know, the Bruins have a couple of issues, as they always do, Rear, but uh, I'm a, uh, I'm, a, I'm an optimist. I'm a positive guy. You know me by now. Is that what well, you've been hiding it all these last few weeks? I'm all sunshine and bubblegum. Let's, <laughs> let's get into some of the good stuff before we get to a few of the issues. Really, maybe the only good thing to come out of Thursday's game, pretty much every game this year you can count on him. David Posternock scored five goals since we last spoke. Wow. Five more. Um, 34% of the league year is gone. The 28 games in, the Bruins, and this guy has missed five, but he's tied for the league lead in goals with Sidney Crosby right now with 18. Scored a game winner Monday that brought the house down on a, you called you hate those Monday games at the Garden. Yeah, um, it was actually, I shut me up. It was a pretty entertaining was Monday night tilt, you know. Best game of the week for sure. Uh, one-man show breakaway Wednesday to help the comeback against the Caps. They at least got the loser point in D.C. on Wednesday. And two <clears throat> more beauties Thursday in what otherwise was a dud of a performance against the Avs. So David Posternak on a stretch here with 14 goals in his last 17 games played. Ty Anderson crunched the numbers uh, for the website and came up with a 56-goal pace right now that he is on just based on the games he's played this year and the, and the uh, goals per game numbers. So I'm just going to ask you real simple. I mean, what are, we, what are we seeing here? Is this a legit superstar, or are we going to get a little bit ahead of ourselves based on a 25-game sample for Pasternak to start the year? Um. I think he's the real deal. I, I think, uh, I mean, I thought he was on a 60-goal pace, but that's why I'm an English major, not a business major. I'll take your word for it. Yeah. You and Ty could fight over No, the, no, the I, I'll, I defer to anybody on math. Um, yeah, I think he's the real deal. I mean, we saw glimpses of it his, his rookie year. We said, wow, this this kid is something else. How do, how do the Bruins get him in the draft? You, you know, they got him somewhere in the 20s. 25th. 25th. And then, you know, last year he was hurt. He struggled a little bit. And we saw, man, maybe it's one of these kids who the league hasn't figured out yet the first year. And then they did the second year. But, no, this this kid's special. I mean, he's he's doing things out there we haven't seen since Tyler Sagan. I mean, I know it, I'm not trying to twist the knife, just stating a fact. Um, you know, the Bruins have not had a game breaker since Tyler Sagan, as good as Marshawn is. He's a bona fide sniper, a goal scorer, all that. I don't. I wouldn't know if I'd call him a game breaker, but, but Pasternak – as we saw in the uh, overtime game, overtime goal Monday night, that's a game breaker type goal. That's a that's the type of of goal that a superstar scores. Um, I don't know that he's going to be a, a, you know, I think he's going to be more of a goal scorer than a setup guy. I mean, you know, taking a look at his points right here, he's got uh, it's uh, seventeen goals. Oh, is his assist there? Sorry, I just uh, he's at twenty four points. So yeah. with six helpers. That's it. Exactly. So he's he's definitely more more of a sniper. Um, than a, than a setup man, but I mean, yeah, if you got a guy who scores fifty goals for you in a season, that's a superstar, as far as I'm concerned. Oh, no question, especially with the goals down in the league. I mean, you just don't see fifty goal scores. Uh, an Ovechkin year aside in this league anymore. I guess Crosby had fifty one the one year tied for the for the Rocket Richard, but if he gets fifty, that'll be off the charts. I don't think he'll get there personally with that injury history you bring up. 
But hell, I was looking before the year. If he gets twenty and twenty to twenty-five, you got to be happy. If he stays healthy enough to get you a consistent twenty to twenty-five, oh, he's going to get. He's he'll back into thirty by accident at this point. I think. I mean, based on what we've seen, I think he's going to be a, a forty, a consistent thirty-five to forty goal scorer. I mean, I I think that. I mean, the skill on display. He's got a, a pretty nice body of work, and you know, only. She's uh, two and two plus seasons, well, two and a third seasons right now, and I'm sold. I mean, I I don't think this kid's going to re- regress at all. Um, he put some size on. He's he's got a lot of grit, man. He goes to those greasy areas that a lot of guys with with his talent uh, don't like to go to, and he doesn't shy away from it. You know, he's got the chip teeth, and you know, he's he's kind of got that like you know like hockey player look to him. That you know that he, he's a, he's a, he's a pretty tough kid, man. I I, I think he's he's going to be a dynamic player. Um, it's the big, obviously the big question is what kind of money he is he is he going to be looking for? Uh, I don't think the Bruins are worried about that right now. I think they're going to see how he does this season. But yeah. you know he is a, he's going to be a restricted free agent. Well, but, just hold on to that real okay, quick. Okay, I'm you, sorry, no, I no, got ahead of myself. Well, no, I don't want to get too deep, but they're, they're not going to sign him now. Obviously, this is the worst time to sign him. Right? No, you, no, you they wouldn't. This is <laughs> no, I know I, I got ahead you of my just contract. Run the other way if they if his agent yeah. starts calling you. Down. No, they're going to just you know play the season out. Obviously, I mean unless. You know, unless who knows with the Bruins, they're, they're very secretive. I mean, unless they're doing something now, and or unless they, Pasternak you know, fears injury concerns himself. I yeah, mean, he's had a bunch. I it, guess I shouldn't say that. Maybe. I don't. I mean, he has. Has he had a bunch? Is he? I mean, well, he had three different injuries last year. He missed. Um, he, he missed the first forty-four games. He played in thirteen games last year. He had a hand injury. He actually played in the World Juniors, if you remember, right. with the hand injury, which that was to some controversy. He had a back issue. This year he had an, another. We well, missed three games, but we weren't sure what it was. Some right. kind of upper body injury. mystery. And when they drafted him, you mentioned why he fell to twenty five. He had a back injury in the Swedish league, which kind of hurt his stock a little bit, and that's kind of why he fell twenty fifth overall in twenty fourteen. So, I mean, that's five different issues in the last three years. I would say that's injury prone. Nah, I don't buy it. I think I think he's just a hockey player. Hockey players get hurt. I mean, obviously some guys just are bad durable. Luck. Uh, no, he's he's a hockey player. I he mean, is a little guy, though. I mean, you look at him, and he's 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 definitely smaller. But I I don't see it as oh we we better not sign him. Or we better he's got an injury. I mean, no, no, every, you have to sign him. Every you player has it go. Every player in the league has his, some sort of injury history. I, I don't think it's any concern whatsoever. I mean, you know, he I think he fell in the draft not just for the injury. I think he was playing in a lower tier Swedish. League I think and, he was in a third tier league. And, or yeah, something. and you know, guys, you know, if a, a kid like him has a bad playoffs. Scouts kind of forget about him. They'll fall off the. I mean, it's kind of weird because guy scouts can be high on a guy, and he has a bad three months, and all of a sudden he's a forgotten man. And you know, I mean, I think that might have been a little bit of a case with Pasternak. Well, certainly a couple teams because everybody passed on him. Well, a lot of teams passed on him. Uh, but no, I have absolutely no concerns whatsoever. I mean, you know, you look at every every player and every team, except for like the Iron Man types. But you know, every guy's been hurt at some point, and. You know, last year he, he he got hurt playing hockey. I mean, you know, it's just I, I don't think that he's brittle or injury prone. And well, but if I, you're going to hand out seven and a half million a year to him, and that's the money that oh, is that uh, what we're talking seven and a half? Well, Tarasenko got that money. Okay. okay, after three years. Now that's that was kind of that skewed the system. Oh, I think God. a little bit. Yeah, but he's got what well, Tarasenko's got thirteen. He's sitting here with eighteen. If you're David Pasternak's agent, don't you look at what he's done so far and you start talking about seven seven and a half? Per, you know, million per season. I would say the Bruins would come back and say what you're say. Hey, we got to let this play out. We got to see a full year. You got to stay healthy. Let's yeah. prove it. And uh, I don't think, the, as far as I know, his side's not clamoring for a, a deal or anything right now. Not that I, we've I, heard. Think, I think, yeah, not that we heard. I mean, I'm, you know, again, not that with the Bruins would surprise me if, if in a month they, re, you know, they come out and said, oh, we signed him to a, 
uh, six-year, you know, uh, $32 million extension or something like that. It wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, But at the same time, you know, this kid's he's basically in a contract year, albeit a a restricted free agent. But, you know, he, he, he can still take him to the cleaners with a monster year. The uh, Wednesday night game was the rivalry night game on NBC, and uh, they actually talked about Pasternak's contract a bit. Bob McKenzie said he thinks it's going to be minimum six years, $6 million per. That'll be the starting point if you want to sign him to that kind of contract. But the weird thing in NHL free agency is always, these: do you go for a bridge year? We've seen a couple of them where players have, uh, Subban had one of those, right? P.K. Yeah. Subban, they, they got him on the cheap for a couple years, and then he signed this blockbuster two years later because his... It was like short-term gain for the Canadians. They didn't have to pay him on his second deal, but the third deal came up quicker, and then they had to blow the doors off him and make him the highest-paid guy in the in the league. So as you know, I don't know what the Bruins' finances will be in two years compared to now. Maybe they'll try to, to push that on him, just just a short bridge year. Uh, and the player doesn't have much room for, uh, you know, for debate, except I guess you bring up Sagan and some of the other young players that the Bruins have had the last few years, Dougie Hamilton, and they did manage to get their way out of town. Different, yeah. different circumstances, different situations, but would Pasternak pull a Dougie Hamilton and say, "I don't want to play here, you know, trade me right now," sort of thing? Yeah. I mean, we... Now, I, I think he's happy here. I don't think he wants to go anywhere. And I mean, I I, I would think he'd want to stay. I, I would think he'd want a long term deal, um, whether he signs it in you know an extension now or or waits till the end of the year. And what Bob McKenzie's saying, I mean, if Bob Bob McKenzie's saying it, then it's probably right right Pretty in much the ballpark. Bible, yeah, and uh, six. Six times six sounds about right. I mean, I would, you know, I mean, I would love like to go. I mean, I, I think eight eight's the most they can go. I believe that's correct. Yeah. So I mean, if they could, I mean, he he's that good. I'd say you know, give him eight, and if you get him under six per year, but yeah, six times six, I I'd do it now. I wouldn't even mess with a bridge a bridge deal. I I mean, you know, he is young. He's still only twenty years old. But I mean, the last time the Bruins gave, you know, they gave they basically voluntarily gave Tuka a contract. Yeah, that 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 contract they gave him the one year deal. And he, and he had a monster year, and he ended up, that's that's why he's making the money he's making now, because the Bruins allowed him, you know, the Bruins could have locked him up a lot cheaper, and they kind of, I don't know, I think they, for some reason, weren't completely sold on him at the time, and he made them pay for it, and uh, I think they should remember that, you know, when it comes to, to uh, Pasternak. I mean, in, if you, in a way, don't you think the uh, the losing of Sagan, Kessel, I mean, not that they lost him, in these cases they may have intentionally moved them, and probably did, but there were a lot of factors, but because they've let young talent go before the second contract in the last 10 years a number of times. Management is sort of pressured here. They, they can't let this happen with Pasternak. You can't let this player go now. Yeah, see, I, I don't think they even think that way. I think that's just the f- the fans and social media. I don't. I honestly don't think the Bruins like, well, we traded Joe Thornton. We traded Phil Kessel. We traded Tyler. We can't do this again. I, I it's, it's history. It's like that was, you know, under different regimes, different GMs, different. I mean, it's history. It's, it has, it's still Jacobs and Neely. They would hear it. Well, if they, let's say that in the offseason, Joe they, they Thornton's got nothing. Joe, Joe Thornton's got nothing to do with Neely. Joe Thornton was before Neely. True. I mean, um, it's it's just that I, I I mean I know it's it's and by the way if you if you try if you're gonna think to make the joke of oh, the Bruins gonna trade Pasternak for four pause and don't do it because I, that joke is a million times I've read it on Twitter and it, if when a million people are making the same joke it's <laughs> it's not a good joke. Um, but by all by all means, this this kid. I don't know, lock him up, man. I, I give give him. Don't give him the farm, but I think he wants to be here. Uh, if you can, if you can sign him and keep him here, I don't think that the trade stuff. It's all individual. Every player is individual. I know it's not justifying it; it's explaining it. You know, they they weren't sold on Joe Thornton as a as a guy who's going to get you to the Stanley Cup. 
And here we are. Or at that point, it helped. They were at a point as a team where it helped them rock bottom and get a high draft pick and flip it for assets, which they turned into a cup team. Right. I mean, I don't think that was their plan from the get go. I think it was they 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 were about to commit. Um, kind of similar to, I guess, you know, P.K. Subban in Montreal. They were about to commit this, all kinds of money to the guy, and, and they and they got cold feet at the last minute, and, and that's what the Bruins did with, with Thornton. And, and they, they drafted Kessel after trading Thornton because they right because they they, they, so they, they the did they, they bought him out and they and they locked out they, they you know they did lock out and get Kessel. Uh, I mean, no one liked the Thornton trade at the time. The return was was terrible. I mean, it's still a, a bad trade, uh, but I I call Brad it... Brad Stewart, Marco Sturm, and Wayne Primo. Wayne right? Primo, exactly. Yeah, it was the... But it, what it ended up being was the most, you know, in it, the best, most inadvertent salary dump in history yeah. because that ended up allowing them to, you know, bring in Chara and Savad, and of course, you know, that changed the whole complexion, the whole future of the franchise. So, you know, as bad as the, the return of the trade was, um, the end result, you, you really can't argue it, and you know, 10 years later, Joe Thornton, he has been to a Stanley Cup, but he hasn't won yet, so... But then you they know. traded Kessel. They got the pick that got him Sagan. Then they traded Sagan. You kicked the can down the road for so many years. At some point, yeah. you want to invest in young guys that you are going to be around. I guess my question, just to throw it out here on Saturday Skate at 617-779-7937 to start would be, are you sold on Pasternak, that he's a superstar? As, as much of a goal-scoring star as we've seen the Bruins have, and what I heard somebody throw out that they even had a league leader in the goals since, in, in what, 41 years? Since Esposito? Neil, <laughs> so, Neil, I don't know. Did Neil, Neil I didn't lead the league? I in, don't think so. Yeah, he was he in the was heart of the yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it may have been Esposito. Um, no. So, I, this, I don't expect him to win the Richard this year. I, again, I he's going to cool off some, especially with this team. But what's most remarkable is the Bruins are 25th in the league in scoring. He's still <laughs> leading the league, tied with Crosby now with 18 goals. He's got... Uh, 37% of their goals or something ridiculous right now. Uh, they've scored uh, 66 goals this year. He has 18 of them. Now, that's about a quarter. 20, wow. 27% pretty of crazy. their score. <laughs> that's a pretty good chunk. I well, mean, you just can't keep up that pace. Eventually, teams are going to take him out. Right, and, and it's also indicative of the lack of scoring from the rest of the lineup, too, which which right. has been an issue, too. Um you know, we we got a good game out of Spooner. You know, look like oh man, if he could do this, then they're gonna they're gonna they got two viable lines. But then he goes out and has a dub the next game. He he's just you know kind of that inconsistency we're getting out of him. So and he's in the similar Pasternak boat in that they came up together at about the same time a few years ago. They're both restricted free agents, and they couldn't be any more any further from one another in terms of stock right now. Spooner and Pasternak, one guy's just exploding. Yeah, well, I mean Spooner's he's twenty four years old. He's you know he's yeah he's got, much older. You know he's you know I'm, I don't know what. If the Bruins are frustrated with him or what, or, or what you know, what the I, what the plans are, I, I don't think he's going anywhere right now. I mean, you know, you, like I say, you see a game against Florida, and he he was great. He was the best skater out there. He you know, and Claude bumped him up to the to the first line. Or, well, I'm sorry, the Krejci line mm-hmm. in the third period, and he ends up you know setting up the well at the time the almost looked like the game winning goal until Florida tied it uh, again, and then Colorado. I mean. I guess everybody looked bad versus Colorado the other night. So I mean, a single spooner out probably probably isn't fair because nobody really played good from Hudobin on out. Um, so I, I just you know I, I like to see him uh, be more consistent, man. Because like you say, if, if you got Bacchus, Krejci, and Spooner playing well, that's you know that's a viable line. That's that's a good number two line for you. And then you know you got a couple of guys like you know Shallow who's been scoring more than probably we expected. Dom Moore when Matt Bolesky gets back from injury, you know those are guys in your bottom six that. You know, pretty good guys to have down there. Well, well, there's some roster changes for tonight's game as well. Uh, Danton Heinen, the young uh, 
recent draft pick of the Bruins. When was he taken? He was a fourth-round pick, actually. It's not like he was Pasenak first-round guy, but uh, Heinen came in as a fourth-rounder in 2014. But we saw him early in the year for seven games. He's yeah. back up tonight. He's going to be on the second line, the quote-unquote <laughs> yeah. Krejci line, whatever yeah. you want to call it. Krejci, Backus, and Heinen tonight. So that tells you all you need to know about what Claude thinks of Spooner's game. And you're right, and I, I, I actually wrote this down after the Monday game because uh, Julian was on the post game and he was asked about Spooner, and he said, quote, better when he wants to play, he's a good player. Looking for more of that from him, end quote. I mean, you know, like Belichick would never say that about a player, but Julian will call guys out, and it's pretty clear what they think of Spooner. They just Some nights they just feel like he's not bringing it. And you, Thursday he was a mess on that first goal. It was turned all over the place. Yeah, it's, he has, yeah that's, that's the thing. He's one of these draft picks that – you know, has been consi- inconsistent for them. I mean, he he's he's looked great. I mean, he's looked like a you know a, at times of a, a pretty good number two center. I mean, look, okay, yeah, this could 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 be a long term center in this league. And then, you know, he goes on a, on a slide where he he's he's not really getting it done. I mean, of course, he is a natural center. He's he's not playing his natural position right now. So, you know, probably take that into account. But at the same time, I mean, it's hockey. It, it's no real mystery to it. If you if you get stuck on the wing, you play the wing, and, and, yeah. and you do what you need to do on that end. And I imagine they feel like he failed at center last year. That's why he's a wing right now. Yeah, and we haven't really seen him uh, much right now. I'm sorry, on the third line, we haven't seen him much this year. And, you know, I don't know if there's a reluctance with Claude to use him there because it's, you know, kind of a more of a defensive role in the, in the third, the, you know, when you're – Third line center typically is a defensive guy, and, and Ryan yeah. Spooner, you know, defense hasn't been his forte right. in his time in Boston. So, yeah, it's, it's something to keep an eye on. I, um, like I said, I don't, I don't know that they're willing to trade him. I know there's been some scuttlebutt out there that you know his name is out there, but I know. I mean, GMs talk every, every. I mean, if if that was the criteria, then every everyone's available because you know guys get asked about. You know, if if GMs aren't taking calls, then they're not doing their job. And just like it's a bad time to sign Pasternak, it's a pretty bad time to trade Spooner until he starts putting it together consistently because you're not just not going to get much for him. Saturday skate here on Sports Radio WEI, Ken Laird and Rear Admiral Lyndon Byers is going to join us in the four o'clock hour. We think we got yeah. our signals crossed with LB last LB. week. LB, yeah, we got to stop playing uh, Black Betty Ram Jam. It'll bring him in. Yeah, that'll that'll be like his his be- uh, beacon. Also, uh. We're going to do a just quick five-minute check-in with Mark Diver of the Providence Journal, uh, get his intel on Danton Hyde, and he's been watching him the last uh, couple weeks, and also just a quick little recap of some of the prospects and how they've been doing uh, in the AHL. That's at 345. Mark's going to be joining us. We're presented by AT&T, Mobilizing Your World, and Star Market. See what makes us shine. Killer Dave, the producer today, I uh, want him to fire up this soundbite for you uh, because speaking of Thursday and clothes – I don't want to say his, who he blasted after the game, but who he blamed for Thursday night. Because as we sit here, they've lost two in a row. It's been an interesting week. They had a pretty good win Monday, although they blew a couple one-goal leads. Wednesday, did you come out of that game feeling pretty good about yeah. the, the contest? I mean, they battled back for a point. Yeah, that's that was that was a good sign. I mean, obviously going down 3 nothing wasn't, but to be down 3 nothing four minutes left in the second period against a team like Washington on the road and to come out of there with a point, I'll take it any 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 time. There was a lot of problematic things tonight. No doubt that the power play could have helped us in the first period and failed to do that. So they got to be better. Uh, we needed some saves tonight. We didn't get them. He's got to be better. A lot of things here that we can uh, we can be better at and take responsibility. All right. Now that was Claude after Thursday after the loss. Well, they fall behind two nothing early, then three zero. They come back. Pasternak gets get two goals, and they eventually lose four to two. So the two things Julian blames after the game are the power play and then Kudobin. What did you make of that? 
Kadobin yeah. was not the guy that I not that he was good. Nobody was really good in that game. Yeah, he wasn't. He he but, stunk the other night. I had no problem with it. You know, um, you thought he. I mean, I mean that, that that last that long range goal he gave up. The, the Mitchell goal was was not good. Yeah, I, the and, third and, one. And honestly, that sometimes like a goal like that it can be the backbreaker. And, and you know, like maybe when he says he's got to make some saves, maybe he might mean that one in particular. But Claude doesn't do it often. He doesn't do it a, a ton. You know, uh, but he gets pissed off, and he, you know, he, I think Hudobin will handle it. I, I have no problem at all. And also, too, I mean, we don't know what else Claude said before or after that, so I don't know that he just blamed Hudobin on the power well, play. Well, that was his full answer. I mean, he blamed the power play and Kudobin. And, and then uh, he actually did later blame we weren't smart in the early parts of the game. We were a little tired from playing the right. back-to-back nights. We got to be smarter. But I mean, it's just it's that's an eyebrow raiser when you're going to blame you're going to point out two things you're going to signal out two things as a coach one of them is the power play which I think everybody's you know if you're a Bruins fan you're you're not happy with the other one's the backup goaltender well that, that's, he was, that's a stretch he's the he, he was the goaltender of the, the night goaltender. don't matter if he's a backup he's out of that night so okay but do you and blame he, him for the first two Colorado goals Thursday I honestly I forget which one was there were two goals he should have had and when you give up two goals like that. I have no problem with the coach calling him out. I have no. That's yeah. He's got two. I mean, the the one from uh, practically the blue line. Terrible goal. That's a terrible goal. And and the, the McKinnon goal that. on the breakaway. Um, no, the, the shot. Honestly, I mean, the I'm, first two goals. I, I'm, Duchesne scored unassisted after uh, the Spooner was all turned around. He was on his back in front of the net. Uh, that was the first goal. McKinnon scored after Krug died. He dove the blue line on the power play. It was the shorthander. I, I honestly, I'd have to look at the video. Ken, I'm sorry. It's been a couple days. I don't remember. Yeah, it specific, I know. It probably, but probably it was a garbage goal. I mean, it's a save that any NHL goalie has to make, and you know that's that that can be the difference in the game. It's, that can be a backbreaking goal. You know, your team battling back, you might tie it up, or you know, you get within a goal, and and a goalie gives up a, a, a crap goal like that. I thought he had one crap goal. One of the four. That's all it takes, man. And and if that's the, swings the momentum and ends up being the difference in the game and the coach calls him out, good. You know, they're pros. They can it get called It just seems up. weak. It's like blaming the 25th well, man on the roster in a well, baseball but game. He's the for the... But he's the goalie, man. He started the game. It's not like, well, he's the backup goalie. He started, but you hear coaches he, all the, the time in the NHL. He's the only played that night. When you get a backup in, we got to rise our level a little bit. It's, he's obviously not as talented as Tuca. We know that. So he's, if he gives up one bad goal in a night, you're going yeah, to come a, to the podium and list him I, I, as Exhibit B of why we lost tonight? I I like Claude. I just didn't think that was very good. Yeah, I, I don't. I mean, he, he his goalie played like crap, and he, and, he, and he said so to the media. Again, he doesn't do it often. He's done it with you know other players. He does, He's usually a pretty good coach. I mean, as far as not naming – I mean, he didn't name names. He obviously said the goalie's got to make the save, but it's obvious who he was talking about. But, no, I got no problem whatsoever. It's not like he's like the, a utility guy on a baseball team who, you know – you know, went zero for three or something. It's no. He started the game. He was the goalie. He was the guy in net, and he was bad. He 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 was he could have been better, and they and they could have possibly won the game. You know, and if if you know he, instead of naming you know one of a forward or one of a defenseman, I mean, yeah, Hudobin wasn't good, and the goalie has to make saves. I I you know like that's fine. I I got no problem with it. Tell us what you think. Sports Radio WEI's Bruins coverage here on Saturday Skate, 3 to 5 every Saturday. Ken Laird, Rear Admiral from Barstool Sports. Lyndon Byers will be hopping in at 4. We'll get a couple of minutes with Mark Diver of the Providence Journal. Get your calls at 617-779-7937. Is Pasternak a superstar? What about Spooner's game of late? A couple of call-ups today. And Julian blaming the backup goaltender in part for Thursday night's loss. More of your calls and uh, reaction coming up. You're on Sports Radio WEI. You're listening to Saturday Skate with Rear Admiral and Ken Laird on Sports Radio WEI. No, I don't have a, I have a, 
Uh, I said it before the season, my uh, goal is to, to make a playoff, you know, and, and have the experience and uh, have the chance to, to win the Stanley Cup, you know, and uh, that's all I was and I'm still focusing on. David Postenok after the uh, game Thursday when he picked up uh, goal number 18, tied for Sidney Crosby for the league lead. Saturday skate here on Sports Radio WEI, presented by AT&T and Star Market. Laird and the Admiral. He's not your uh, prototypical superstar if he's going to be that way. He's still got a bit of the language barrier. As you said, he's got the uh, the nice split chiclet there in the front. <laughs> um, little guy, Not he's not physically imposing like former goal-scoring stars the Bruins have had, although he's beefed up a bit, I think, uh, 168 was uh, the poundage he came into the uh, league with yeah, a few years ago. He's that's up- small. He's, I mean, he's listed at six feet, 181 pounds, and he, I mean he's still 22. I mean, I you know a lot yep. of guys. He's he's still you know he's still growing. I, I think you know I mean he's still pretty youthful. I, well, you know if he was a late bloomer, you know, he'll 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 still fill out till he's 21, 22 years old. So, but he, even Sagan is well built. You know, he's uh, yeah, I mean, Sagan, hard to remember him when he was here. He but, was he was actually you know there were probably similarities in size. Sagan got a lot bigger while yep. he was here, but he wasn't. Um, he wasn't like jacked when he got here. When he, I mean, Sagan's pretty big now. He's a lot bigger than when he broke into the league. But you know, he's like I said, Pasta's still twenty. I think he's you know still finishing puberty to some in some degree. What's also impressive is uh, Pasternak does have four power play goals, but he's not playing on the first power play. This guy's got eighteen, and mostly it's done at even strength. He's tied for the league lead in even strength goals. So leads to the question: When does he get more power play time for a power play unit that is twenty fifth in the league, Admiral? 14%. They've had uh, two power play goals in the last eight games. It's just not clicking. Julian blamed it in part for Thursday. They've given up four shorties, one of them in the first period that you know dug him a 2-0 hole. I don't exactly know where you would put him. I think that's the problem, in essence, on that first unit. But at some point, don't they have to get him in there just for a couple reps? I mean, bump yeah. Krug at the point if you have to. I Yeah, one of the great mysteries of uh, covering the Bruins for the last few years, uh, several years, is you know what's clo- what's the method to Claude's power play madness? Because you know he he refused to use Marshawn there for years. You know Brad Marshawn, one you know well before Pasta, your, your team's best goal scorer, and he couldn't you know he couldn't buy his way into the power play unit. And I don't know if, if Claude has some sort of you know meritocracy during practice or, or or what it is, but it it makes no sense a lot of times. You know to have your best goal scorer not on your number one unit when you know when you. You're trying to trying to score games, trying to win games. Uh, I I don't know. I I don't know why he doesn't have him there. Um, again, I I don't know if it's some sort of un, unknown meritocracy system that, that we don't know about, but could be. It, I think people have brought up the fact that Bergeron, because he's a right shot, and they love him in the middle there between the circles. It's going to be tough to put Postenok on the left wing. He needs a guy that can feed him off the right boards. You oh, know what I mean? Instead yeah. of left boards. And it, it also could be like you just said. There's such an overload. Of talent, well, there's a lot of talent on the first unit. Well, putting a guy like Pasternak now, you have two dangerous units. You know, instead of you know it, by keeping him on the second unit, I mean he's obviously the most dangerous goal scorer. Now you have him on on the second power play unit, and you still have a PP one that's pretty potent itself. And so it, it could be it hasn't been <laughs> exactly <laughs> minus the part of it, the whole part of it not working at all. <laughs> but you know, in, in theory, you know, if you if your first unit is doing good. You know, it, now your second unit's got the the best you know the best score in the league on it. So I don't know. Maybe maybe it's about balancing things off with Claude. Um, but yeah, they they've been and Spooner's been on there for a good stretch. Yeah, so if it, it's a meritocracy, you know, yeah, certainly he hasn't earned it. Exactly. Again, like I said, it's 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 been a mystery since since Claude's been here. Exactly what, what how he handles his power play. I mean, I 
I know there was, I mean, there was terrible for years, and then I think when they brought Joe Sacco in uh, as an assistant, it 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 got better. I mean, it was one of the best power plays in the league, you know, last couple of yeah, years. And, and then last year it was. It's like, well, well, what happened? I mean, I don't think Louis Erickson was the key to the Bruins power play last year. Like, so you know, teams what's, have adjusted what's the, the Bergeron. That's yeah, one theory floated. They're... Yeah, but it's you know, you, you got to stay ahead if you're you know if you're a coach in this league or, or you just make the proper adjustment. I mean. Yeah, that's all it usually is. Is it, it just kind of sometimes a personnel matter? One take one guy out, maybe put another guy in, or just you know just a small adjustment in what they're doing. But uh, you know, I, I tend to think that they come or power play will will come around at some point. Um, you know, there's just too much skill. You know, there's just too much skill when they have when they have a five on four. I mean, as as much as they're not scoring right now, that's still a high a high amount of skill to have on on a unit out there. And it's you just feel like the goals ought to come at some point. To the phones we go. Bob and Canton has been hanging on here on Saturday Skate with Ken Laird and Rear Admiral. How you doing, Bob? Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. How you doing, Bob? First off, I'd like to say thank you for having this show. Uh, it's great when you get a chance to talk hockey. You know, all you hear 24-7 all the time is football, baseball. But there's always room for hockey. Um, Amen. So thanks a lot. You're um, welcome. I was uh, a little disappointed in that loss the other night, especially after I thought this team it was starting to find a little bit of an identity in that Washington uh, game. Um, but, you know, as far as um, you were talking about Spooner, I, I think, you know, the word I always hear is that he wants to play center and he's not happy that he's playing wing. So he's kind of, I'll use the term pouting mm-hmm. in some way. Uh, and right now, if I could, if I could take Krug and Spooner, and get something for them, I'd do it in a heartbeat. I know everybody loves Krug and his puck moving ability, but he's just brutal on defense. Uh, that, that game the other night where he fell down, I mean, the mistakes just don't – the skating ability or moving the puck does not outweigh the defensive mistakes. Um, Bob, I, yeah, I'm a Krug fan, but beyond just the goal, earlier in that period, he had a brutal turnover in the neutral zone too. Krug, he like threw one behind his back near the red line, uh, and even even I was thinking, like you, man, Krug's got to step his game up at times here. Well, that's what I'm talking about. And as far as Hudobin, if this guy knew how to cut down the angles, I mean, he would have made a couple more saves uh, in that game instead of allowing goals. But, well, uh, well, which which one did you blame him for? Because Rear and I disagreed on that. I, I think the, uh, the second the, goal, I thought. Uh, really? Uh, that was a pretty. That was a hell of a wrister by McKinnon. Goal, I'm sorry. Um, that third goal. The third one for sure. Yeah, the yeah. down the left wing when he snuck it short side on him. And and then after uh, they came back to make it three to two and to allow that goal to happen uh, and take away the momentum that they had going, that was a killer too. But I, I don't think you can fault him. Totally on that one. I right. mean, you know. But, yeah, that was uh, everybody was in I, trouble. What kind of move do you would you like to see if they could make? You know, nothing's going to happen right now. But when the real hockey starts after after the New Year's, when teams start getting ready to, you know, make their move for the uh, playoffs, what would you like to see done? Well, thanks for the call, Bob. Uh, uh, Rear, they got two obvious needs right now to me. They got a, a need for a veteran winger to plug in there on the Krejci backus line. We're going to see Danton Heinen tonight, but unless he or Frank Fatrano come out of nowhere, this team needs a top six winger, don't they? That's an obvious. Yeah, I've been saying that. You know, they they need to bring someone into uh, on the top six to to score some goals because it's not happening right now to to the degree they needed to. Um, 
They also have a continual rotation, a tryout going on for the you know the bottom pair of defensemen. Joe Morrow is going to be in there tonight for Colin Miller, who had a nice goal. He's the one, he had the one power play goal of the week, right, to tie it up in the third in D.C. against the Capitals. That was a hell of a moment. Yeah. That's what you want to see Colin Miller be doing on a regular basis, but obviously he's not showing it because he's benched tonight for Joe Morrow. So, you know, clearly they could use any veteran defenseman, puck mover or otherwise. Shattenkirk's name's been thrown out forever, but those would be too obvious. But at this yeah, point, it's... I don't know what Spooner's – Spooner's not going to get you anybody of that caliber. No, no, God, no. And I, I, I don't know that they're really looking for D – Right now, I mean, they they have a lot of you know money committed. I I, I don't know if they're, they're going to dump Krug. I know people keep mentioning his name. I mean, five. It would be nice to get five million off the books to maybe spend somewhere else. I think they're probably going to be looking more just to to get some goal scoring. I don't think they're, you know, I don't think they think that the D is a problem right now, and it's really not. I don't think. I mean, not by the numbers, it's the, not. the defense hasn't isn't unless, really an unless issue. you feel the offense is struggling because they're just not getting that spark out of the you know off the back end. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I mean, I, I think that I think that you know the D isn't really an issue on this team right now. It's not perfect by any stretch, but uh, you know the, the main issue right now is is goal scoring on this team. And you know, I'm take a look at the you know what pending free agent side. You know, this is going to s- s- tie in with what teams uh, in you know well both conferences are, are where they are now. Let's look at Dallas for example. You know, they're only one point out of uh, nobody's out of it. This is no, the brutal part nobody. of the year. You, you're right. going to have a hard time trading for anybody this year for two reasons. Nobody's out of it, so you got to wait a long time. And when teams finally do fall out of it, the draft crop apparently is not very good this year, so teams aren't really that psyched about tanking. Uh, it's going to be hard to convince owners that, hey, we're going for the next Austin Matthews who's in town tonight with the Leafs, because apparently this draft crop is not that good. So I, I don't think there's going to be a uh, this is going to be a very exciting. Here's a name to file away. Go ahead. Jerome McGinley. Back again. <laughs> Why? I mean, Iggy back. Yeah. He's, he's unrestricted this year. He signed that. He got that monster deal for I mean, for his age and, you know, I mean, for what he had left in the tank, that was a lot of money Colorado gave him. Well, he's got a bomb, too. He might help your power play. He absolutely can still. I mean, he's, you know, he absolutely can still help you. Just look, you know, Colorado, man. I mean, because like I said, everybody's still alive. But I mean, out west, you know, I would say Colorado and Arizona. I mean, I I, I know it's early to be pronouncing teams, but I don't see them. I mean, they're eight points back already, and they not they would have to leapfrog Vancouver, Dallas, LA, and Nashville to get to uh, to just to the eighth seed. I think you know, I think it's almost an impossible task. So. You know, that's when you start. Okay, well, who, when you start looking, well, who's going to be free agents and on, on bad teams? Not a bad and, thought, Admiral. And um, it's you your know, first good idea since we started the show. <laughs> and you know, right away, Jerome again pops out. You know, Colorado jumps right out at you. You know, and obviously at the deadline, he fits with this team. We've seen it before. Yeah, you know, I mean, you come for another go around. Um, and, and another name, of course. You know, this is a, a long way to go. But like, if you know, if Dallas is, doesn't fix their goaltender and, and they play themselves. Out of playoff position, Patrick Shops, you know, an unrestricted free agent. You know, he'll get some know, old war horses there. Exactly. No, well, those, that's all you're going to get. Those, you know? those are like, hey, you know what? Those are pretty t- damn good war horses to bring in. If you can bring in a couple snipers like that, or a sniper of that level, who cares how old they are? You know, like you know, it's it's complimentary piece, and it, it'd be ideal. And again, I'm just throwing, I'm just you know, throwing dots here, I was looking at looking at potential free agents. But you know, there could be some decent names. Uh, you know, when the deadline rolls around. All right, Saturday Skate here on Sports Radio WEI. LB will be joining us, we think, coming up top of the hour. <laughs> WAAF's <laughs> finest and the former Bruin will be hopping in. Uh, also, uh, we have uh, coming up next, Mark Diver is going to be on. Uh, we try to not do lengthy, boring interviews. 
here on Sports Radio, WEI uh, Admiral, as you know. So we're going to limit Diver to like five minutes. It's going to be a five-minute check-in with the guy who covers the Providence Bruins because Danton Hine is coming up tonight. So how's he been doing of late? And just a quick hit on a couple of prospects yeah. down there, O'Gara, Grizzlick, uh, DeBrusque, the first-round pick from a few years ago. So we'll keep it short and sweet. We'll get back to your calls, 617-779-7937. Laird and the Admiral here on Saturday Skate. Saturday Skate continues here on Sports Radio WEEI. Ken Laird along with Rear Admiral from Barstool Sports. Joining us on the phones for a little Danton Heinen uh, intel, let's call it that. Uh, we've got uh, Mark Diver, who is a hockey writer for the Providence Journal, who's been covering the P Bruins for a while and uh, bounces around, of course, all the colleges as well. Thanks for coming on, Mark. We appreciate it. How you doing? No problem. Uh, I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? We're great. Uh, sounds like Heinen is back in tonight. We saw him for uh, seven games here to start the year uh, without producing a point. They sent him back down uh, your way. How much have you seen of him since, and uh, what's the scouting report? Well, I've seen him a bunch of times, uh, although I was not at last night's game. He's been in and out. As a lot of the young guys are, you know, he's a first-year pro. He's getting used to the whole thing, the, the three games and three nights and the whole uh, the whole grind of the pro game, playing against, uh, you know, bigger men than he faced in college. So he's been inconsistent, which, uh, you know, is to be expected. He's had some good games, and he's had other games where you don't notice him much. Has he been put in a role to be a scorer down there, or how have they used him? Yeah, he's in a top six, uh, a top six role. On the power play, you know, first power play unit. He's in uh, as good a position to uh, put up points as as it's going to get down here. And have they been critical when he's disappeared for stretches, as you, as you've highlighted? As has uh, Kevin Dean been tough on him? Uh, I don't know if tough is the word, but certainly he he holds him accountable. That's the way they try and do it down here. Uh, that's how it was under Butch Cassidy, and uh, and it continues under under Kevin Dean. Nobody gets a free ride uh, if they're not doing what what they want. Uh, them to do so yeah he's been held accountable and told this is what you need to do and uh if you don't do it you know let's go heinen told me when they first sent him down that the thing what he was told was he needed to be harder on pucks you know they don't want to be noel achari uh who's as hard on pucks as as any guy you're going to see but he needed to compete a little more on the forecheck on the wall whatever so he's been working on that, and and like I said, there's been some. He's he's been successful some nights, other nights uh, maybe not. But uh, they're not trying to turn in, turn him into a defensive forward by any means. They're they're giving him the freedom to uh, to make his plays, and uh, and there have been nights when he's done it. He's he's been a positive down here. He's played uh, he's played well most of the time. From what you've seen to this point, if he plays with Bacchus and Krejci for a little stretch, in your opinion, is that the best option the Bruins have right now when you compare it to Schaller or Spooner or some of the guys they've rotated there on that left wing? I would think so. I think they've tried those guys, and uh, you know, with uh, some success, but not all the success they're looking for. I believe that you know, unless Danton Heinen suddenly puts up some numbers here over the next week, that he's kind of a placeholder for Frankie Vitrano, yeah. who uh, you know, relatively close. He was back down here in Providence skating, practicing a couple of days when the big club was on the road. Frankie may be down here again to uh, to start the week, and we'll see where that takes him. Uh, I'd be a little surprised if he didn't play at least one game in the American League before he before he goes back up to Boston just to get feet under him after a long layoff. Like I say, I think Danton, uh, unless Danton lights it up, and you never know, he's holding that spot for uh, for Frankie uh, in the not-too-distant future. That's a good point. Mark Diver on the line from the Providence Journal, hockey writer covering the Providence Bruins, and uh, also, of course, uh, college hockey here in the region. He joins us here on Sports Radio WEI. While we got you on the line, Mark, just real quick, a couple of uh, the hotter prospects can give us a cliff notes, if you would, uh, maybe 30 seconds on these guys uh, 
How about left winger Jake DeBrusque, who the Bruins took in the first round uh, a couple years ago? Has he been uh, playing much? Yeah, he has. He's he's uh, another guy who gets a lot of minutes, gets power play time, uh, is put in a position, play to his strengths as an as an more of an offensive player than anything else. He's had a slow start numbers wise. He's one of the league leaders in shots on goal, but the puck he's got four goals now. The puck really hasn't been going in for him. Although it started to a little bit lately. He had he had a goal last night. You know, he's making progress. Uh I can see him being an NHL player down the road for sure. Uh but it, it, he's a ways away yet. Anybody you would compare him to just off the top of your head? Geez, I don't know. It, it, that's that's tough. He he's a playmaker, more of a, a playmaking winger. He's not a sniper. He makes plays. He can finish a play. But uh, but he makes a lot of plays for his line mates, and he he goes to the tough areas, uh, you know. So I think he he'll get his goals that way. But so far they uh, they haven't been going in that much for him. How about on the back end? Uh, we saw Robbie O'Gara to start the year, but uh, he was sent down pretty quickly. How's O'Gara progressed? He's had his uh, his uh, ups and downs. He's got that long stick and the long reach, and uh, and he skates pretty well for a big guy. But he's got a lot to learn. In handling, you know, bigger guys around the net and along the boards, but he's he's making progress. The guy who's really come on, I think, from the start of the season is another prospect out of college hockey, Matt Grizzly. He's been really good the last couple of weekends, using his skating ability to uh, to carry the puck up the ice and then and then making plays once he gets it up there. I could uh, I could see him getting uh, getting a call at some point if Boston needs a defenseman. He's been good lately. They could use it. It's interesting. They've you know it looks like Colin Miller is scratched tonight, and uh, Joe Morrow is in. Those guys have been rotating. Maybe uh, maybe Grizzlick will push either one of those two. You'd like to think that, right? That uh, that he could give those light a fire onto those guys, yep. maybe uh, a little bit. But uh, you know, Grizz has been good. I think it's uh, it's only a matter of time before he gets a real chance. Will will that come this year? Well, I don't know. I don't know. You know, he's only uh, a quarter of the way through uh, an AHL season, so. Uh, so maybe it's too soon. Lastly, how about just uh, who is the top guy in Providence, for lack of a better term now? Is there is there a prospect that's really banging on the door that we don't know about, other than the ones we've mentioned? Well, Peter Solarik, I don't know that he's banging on the door, but he's been a very uh, pleasant surprise. A big winger uh, from the Czech Republic, or maybe it's Slovakia. 20, 21 years old. He's got 10 goals in 17 games. He's got a real good feel around the net. You know, can make a play also. He, uh, he just came back from an injury. And he, he had a couple of goals last night. You know, I got people on Twitter asking me why Heinen and not him. Right. Uh, I don't know that Solarik's pace is up to uh, NHL standards at this point. I think he needs more time down here. Plus, coming off the injury, I, I think that's a factor. But he's a, he looks like a very good prospect, a, a guy that will play in the league at some point. It just uh, just needs some more seasoning. That's Mark Diver, who... Uh... Joined us here on Sports Radio WEI. Just a couple quick minutes on the prospects. Ken Laird and Rear Admiral, and uh, he ended up there talking about uh, Peter Solarik Rear, who is, it's a name you hear thrown about. I haven't seen him play at all, but uh, he is more of the, as he says, the big body, physical power forward. Some people wanted to see him instead of Dan Heinen tonight, but you're going to get Heinen, who was more of the goal scorer. Uh, University of Denver he scored 20 goals back-to-back years in 40 games. So I he, thought he said Peter Scolari for a minute. I, I thought we were getting <laughs> bosom buddies or something. <laughs> No, uh, so, you know, anyway, the, there's a couple guys in the hopper, but it doesn't sound like anybody's, like, banging on the door that they got to be up here. So right, right. He's right. They're waiting for Vitrano to come back. Right, exactly. You know, I was thinking about that the other night. I said, you know, what? if Vitrano looks, you know, like similar to when we last saw him, I mean, that kid, you know, he's like a, a, a 1920s gangster with a Tommy gun because the kid is just 
dun, 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 dun. he just shoots all over the place, and that's great. I mean, I think he, I think it's fantastic because that's you know that's how you produce goals, whether off rebounds or you know you beat a goalie with a good shot. But that kid has an NHL caliber shot, by definitely. Now, is the rest of his game NHL caliber, or or is it going to be? That's the question for Toronto right now, um, especially coming off the foot injury. Exactly, yeah, yeah exactly. Coming off an injury, you know what. You know, what, what, how, now is he going to be skating as good as he was prior to? I mean, ideally, if he's healed up, he should be fine. You know, these guys take an, enough time to heal, and, you know, they usually, they're usually 100% when they come back. But, you know, that's a kid. He he's definitely has a bona fide NHL shot. Um, hopefully, he everything else in the, his game pans out because if there's a kid, if, if the Bruins are counting on him, you know, he, he he's certainly got top six potential, man. With, with that shot he has. Uh, if the rest of his game is NHL ready, you, you might see him on the uh, riding along with Krejci. Saturday skate with Rear Admiral from Barstool Sports. I'm Ken Laird. LB hanging around, we think. will be joining us here in the 4 o'clock hour for the uh, final hour of Saturday skate. And uh, we'll get you an update on the Army-Navy game in the trending. All that and more. Your calls at 617-779-7937. We're presented by AT&T and by Star Market here on Sports Radio WEI.